Victory followed by departures and also tragedy. Welcome into Iowa Hawkeyes live right here at the Voice of College Football. We appreciate you being here each and every Tuesday with us. It's at uh, 4.30 Central Time and 5.30 Eastern. Of course, typically joined by Corey Bratta from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Corey, hopefully will be joining us soon. He's uh, out on the road doing some traveling today, but uh, hopefully Corey will be able to join us soon. There is much to talk about, um, considering it's the now the conclusion of Iowa's season as the Hawkeyes whitewash Kentucky, posting the only shutout in the postseason of 2022-23. So in 41 bowl games, kudos to the Iowa defense doing what it does best. And again, posting the only shutout in postseason play this season. And then also, of course, true to um, and appropriate to Iowa's dynamics on the football team, winning 21-0, scoring three touchdowns, two of them on defense. Who else does this on a fairly regular basis? Cooper DeGene, Savory Wampa, with pick sixes in the second quarter as Iowa scored all of its points in the second quarter. Shut out Kentucky 21-0 to cap the season at 8-5. And, and uh, we will, of course, size up the 2023 Hawkeyes throughout the offseason with Corey. And please join us right here each and every Tuesday. So a number of happenings on the Iowa football front that we would like to discuss with you. And if Corey's not able to jump on at any time during this hour, I believe we will just go ahead and open up the phone lines and have uh, you guys uh, join us. And uh, we'll join the conversation together and, and discuss uh, Iowa football. So first and foremost is the victory against Kentucky concludes an eight and five season. At one point, this team was three and four. They won five of six down the stretch. The big loss, of course, was the Nebraska game, which would have sent Iowa to the Big Ten championship game. But Kirk Ferentz posts his 10th postseason win. That ties Joe Paterno for the most in Big Ten history. I'll have to count up the losses. I just caught that note uh, a couple hours ago, and I will need to track the uh, Kirk Ferentz's losses with Iowa. He's been there for 24 seasons. I'm guessing they've missed postseason play four or five times, so he may have something close to as many losses as wins. But 10 bowl wins for Kirk Ferentz. That is number one in Big Ten history tied with Joe Paterno. Keep in mind that if you don't understand the historic context of it or maybe weren't around at the time or have read up on Big Ten history, First and foremost, Big Ten teams uh, prior to the 60s or 70s were not allowed to repeat Rose Bowl trips. So you could have the number one team in the country go to the Rose Bowl to represent the Big Ten as the champion and the next season be number one in the country undefeated. And the conference would defer to the second place team to take the Rose Bowl trip. So a completely inane, moronic uh, guideline rule at that point. So they finally got that corrected where the first place team, the champion of the conference would simply go to the Rose bowl. And then we were locked into this situation in the seventies and throughout the eighties, where the decision was made that certainly if there was a outright big Ted champion, then they would move on to the Rose bowl. 
regardless. But if there was a tie for first place in the conference and those two teams did not play, then there would not be a repeat uh, team going to Pasadena again. It would default to the team that had not been there uh, the most recent, which actually sent uh, Iowa to the 1981 Rose Bowl as they tied Ohio State for the 81 championship. All right, up to the here and now, the reason I bring that up again, Kirk Ferentz with his 10th postseason victory. Hawkeyes finish 8-5. and five. Unfortunately, there was an incident on Friday night involving Jack Campbell's grandfather who was struck and killed in Nashville in a one vehicle accident. And based on the details, he was out with family that night, stepped out from the curb and was struck and killed at the age of 76 years old. Uh, His name, William Smith. Jack Campbell's grandfather. So our thoughts and prayers and condolences certainly go out to Jack Campbell and the rest of his family. So his Jack Campbell's father and mother made the decision not to let Campbell know and inform him of the news until after the game. I had contemplated that uh, concerning a situation uh, myself, but uh, so, so as parents uh, wanting their, their son to experience the very best to close out his career uh, with his teammates and not uh, determine or have a very difficult decision as to whether to play in the game or to grieve in another way. um, You know, I, I certainly respect the decision made, Uh, by Jack Campbell's parents uh, in determining that they would not inform their son of his grandfather's passing until after the game so he could enjoy one last game uh, in an Iowa uniform with his teammates. And Jack Campbell had another stellar game, 10 tackles, two tackles for loss, and a sack uh, as the Iowa defense once again won the day. So that's just an an extremely unfortunate uh, occurrence uh, over the weekend in Nashville after the bowl game. Actually, the incident before the bowl game, Jack Campbell finding out after his last game with the Hawkeyes. Then we've got a few uh, personnel notes. Uh, We've got Lucas Van Ness, who is the defensive lineman who first uh, came to Iowa in the, I believe, 2018 class. Uh, he has declared for the NFL draft. Richard Sr., defensive lineman, three-star, out of uh, Illinois. Another stellar season out of Lucas Van S. He's been a starter now for two seasons and uh, racked up 10 tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. And he has declared for the NFL draft. We also have a personnel decision made by one Carson May, whose career at Iowa was extremely promising, was highly touted, 31st rated quarterback in his class, uh, did not take a snap, did not throw a pass, not 
even did he take a snap with the team uh, this season. Four-star star out of Jones, uh, Oklahoma. But with Cade McNamara transferring from Michigan with two years of eligibility. And Joey Labus, of course, received the start in the bowl game. Spencer Petrus is apparently coming back that May has decided to hit the transfer portal. So Carson May, a prospect that we've talked about on here, and of course, Corey, much more so uh, on his channel, has decided to move on. Now, of course, we have seen recently a couple prominent players, Grayson McCall included, the Coastal Carolina quarterback, entered the transfer portal and then decide to come back. Much different situation in that Grayson McCall is one of the best quarterbacks in college football and a longtime starter at Coastal Carolina. So he was, I believe, testing the waters to see if he would be attractive to a Power 5 team and maybe the right type of Power 5 team for his style of play and what he was looking for and decided to uh, come out of the transfer portal, stay at Coastal Carolina. Much different situation again, Carson May. Did not throw a pass or take a snap with Iowa last year. Then he sees, in addition to Spencer Petras, possibly being a backup quarterback and staying at Iowa. And uh, also Joey Labus, who performed pretty well in the bowl game. Uh, And then Kate McNamara comes in as the proposed starter, the supposed starter, I should say, uh, with two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, Carson May just looked at the, the stacked deck as it were, uh, and has decided to move on and entering the transfer portal. Uh, he was the 31st rated quarterback in his class out of uh, Jones, Oklahoma. And now we've got a situation in Iowa with Spencer Petrus injured. Cade McNamara is still recovering from injury, and he won't be available for spring practice that Joey Labus will be the only scholarship quarterback on the field for spring practice for Iowa out of three scholarship quarterbacks, which is a low total for the season, only three scholarship quarterbacks, only one in play and able to practice this spring. All right, we are going to open up the phone lines. Why don't we do that? Would love to talk Iowa football with you, whatever's on your mind concerning recruiting, the transfer portal, the recent bowl victory, whatever that might be. I'll leave the link down here in the comments section. And uh, we have Cole Stipulate. Good to see you, as well as Courtney. Yes, Doc P. No Iowa helmet, but we do have good news in that I just was able to reopen a P.O. box, and I will announce that so somebody can send me an Iowa helmet. All of these helmets behind me, excluding the first four, were all sent to me by fan bases, including, at this point, Iowa being outdone by the likes of Nevada, Navy and others. All right. 
here to join us. It's good to see uh, Corey showing up fresh from the, the road, I take it. Forgive me for the Iowa State poster behind my uh, left shoulder. <laughs> Pay more attention to the one over here. We can't hear you. Corey, can you hear me? Hmm. Can you, can you hear me now? Corey, if you can hear me, can you click out and come back in or whatever you need to do to try to fix the audio? We can't uh, hear Corey. But Corey's going to correct that. In the meantime, why don't we hear from, shoot, I was just about to open up the, the lines, not anticipating whether Corey would be able to make it or not. So real MVP is going to show up and, and talk to us for a little bit. Understanding DeReal, once Corey shows up, uh, he's going to take over the show here. Yeah, I, I, I got that, Mark. Wow, is this me? Wait a minute. This must be my issue. If I can't hear anyone, okay, I had that on mute. That is my my fault there. So we've got Corey <laughs> and Daryl. Blame it on me, everyone. My apologies. I get into the habit since I do this like eight or ten times a day that it's always the other person's fault because I'm doing it all the time. So I'm like, I do this all the time. I've got it all set up correctly. Well, I just set up all my equipment, so I thought. But see, I tested my levels before I came in here, and I can hear yeah, myself. And so I don't know how that got muted on my laptop. Corey, it's good to see you. I didn't know necessarily. I know that you were doing your best to get here after traveling today, but uh, you know how things are when you try to time things out uh, after after traveling a long distance. So I appreciate you making it. Absolutely appreciate you. Uh... Starting the show, and uh, boy, it's been an active day. Uh, obviously, we have a bowl game to recap, uh, but man, I mean, I, I hate to say this, Mark, but within a few days, people forget about bowl, especially bowl games like the Music yes. City Bowl. They're ready to move on to the next season and the, the portal and spring practice and all that stuff. I mean, certainly some news breaking over the last uh, two days. So uh, where do you want to start? Well, I'm going to start by... Uh, letting a real MVP know that uh, we appreciate you being here. Give us a quick take on anything that you needed, but uh, I was going to rely on a call-in show if, if you weren't able to come on. But now that we've got uh, Corey, we certainly want uh, Corey to run through uh, all the big news. So real anything for us before yeah, we go? I'll tell a story about the game first. Uh, first, congrats to Corey. Congrats to all the Iowa fans out there. They played a great game. They beat Kentucky. Nothing else more to say about that. But there was a fan at the game, Corey. I'm sure you'll appreciate that. He had a Sharpie on his shirt, and the shirt said, I love punt. That was his shirt he was wearing. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't love punts, but uh, what happened to you in the postgame show, Drill? You didn't call in. Well, you know, it's hard to call in when you're in a stadium, Corey. Oh, you were there. Yeah, it was uh, It's quite a game. Cool. <laughs> Quite a blowout just to watch in person. It's something else. There was a fan who was yelling at Mark Stoops after his uh, halftime interview saying, you need to fire up the team. You need to get them going. And you could see Mark. I could see Mark Stoops mumbling like, I know I need to do that. So well, let me let me just say this before you leave. Shame on on Mark Stoops. And I and I understand he's not he's not an offensive coach. Right. So uh, I put it on the O.C., whoever that is. I know I can't think of the guy's name at the moment. Um but shame on that coaching staff for leaving Destin Wade in as long as they did. I mean, he, he just was – it got sideways fast, and he made two of the worst throws I think I've seen all season. And, and I give credit. This is what Phil Parker does, Mark. He puts his guys in a position to succeed. They bend, they bend, they bend. I didn't bend much on Saturday. But when they need to, they bend, right? 
And then as soon as your court, because at this level, at the, at, even at the Big Ten college football level, at the college level, there aren't enough. Typically, there are there aren't enough quarterbacks that are going to burn you an entire game. Eventually, they're going to make a mistake. Right? Guys are just going to make mistakes, and that's why Iowa has problems when they go up against C.J. Stroud, or they had, you know they had problems against Trace McSorley at times. Still really good, but at times they get burned. That was a perfect example of that guy. He needed to be pulled. And I'm not saying it should have been Deuce Hogan, but boy, Deuce actually looked like the best guy there. And I know it's garbage time at the very end, but I thought he had the the uh, best series of throws, maybe looked the most comfortable. Destin just looked, I, I don't know how to describe it. Mark, you watched, I, I know Alabama and Kansas State was playing at the same time, but well, how would you describe Destin Wade's performance? Well, it's exactly what you described. So yes, I was focused on Kansas State, Alabama, but I, 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 tape everything and I went back and, and caught the game. And so we're, we're just talking about a guy that uh, both throws, especially the second throw, you know, what is your reward on that throw versus the risk on that throw? And not just in any game against preparing for any defense, but I would hope that, and I, I Mark Stoops, I have great respect for him. I would think that it was drilled into those quarterbacks' heads that, okay, all the rules that we put in play about smart quarterback play, decision-making, not throwing over the middle late, all those things that we hear about, amplify those five, ten times in this matchup against Iowa because they will seize upon those kind of mistakes more than any team in the nation. Yeah, and they were just so egregious. But again, you give credit to two young DBs, one being Cooper DeGene, the other being Xavier Wampa. I mean, they were they were right there in front of them. They did what they needed to do. They scored 14 points off them, and the game's over. At that point, the game is over. I mean, in, in all reality, I know hindsight's 20-20, but that was, we knew this game was probably going to be first one to 10 wins. You know, I mean, that was what it was. And uh, so, drill MVP, uh, I was impressed with Kentucky's defense, although how do you judge it against an Iowa offense that basically did that every week this year? Uh, but they got problems on offense. But you're also, I mean, it's it's hard to prep when you lose a guy who's going to be a first-round draft pick in Levis, a guy who set records in Rodriguez. Uh, they're going to be okay, and 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 I have a lot of respect for Mark Stoops. I don't know why Iowa was throwing in the final two minutes of the game. That seemed a little bit odd to me. Well, uh, Corey, no bad- Corey, they wanted to get rid of the perfect one-to-one ratio of first downs to punts. It was perfect, 18 and 18, before Iowa got those two final first downs. So that they, that they, 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 they hold on a second. They didn't they didn't eight, they didn't punt eighteen. Are you talking about these two teams combined? Yeah, combined eighteen okay. punts. Combined well, eighteen first downs I, before I had the somebody, final drop. I and, and I'll say one more thing. I'll let you go, Drill I I had the, an, an Iowa fan, a good friend of mine, reached out to me after the game and said, "I actually thought the offense looked pretty good." And I'm thinking, what? Like you'd be happy all you want, but come on, you realize. Mark, they had 13 first, they had 13 drives. Eight of those drives were three and outs. Eight of the 13. Uh, one was at the end of the half, and I believe one was at the end of the game. They only, they, they had 10 of their 13 drives, not total th- over three plays. I'm guessing that your friend watches Iowa football every week and maybe doesn't watch a whole lot of other college football. Probably the case. But, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of other football anymore. Mark, <laughs> I recognize that's terrible. Um, so, anyways, 
Uh, I think some fans have this idea that you're just negative Nancy when you point out those things. Like, how can you not enjoy a 21-0 win? I enjoy it to an extent, right? But I try to I try to put it in perspective and in context of who they were playing, how they won, is it sustainable? What does it mean moving forward? This was, you know, where did they play? This was the Music City Bowl. It wasn't the Rose Bowl. So I, I, I did enjoy it, believe me. Uh, I did go into this game thinking it was going to be kind of an audition for 2023, and it was not at all. I mean, the Iowa did not treat it like an audition at all. Minus having to play Labus out of pure necessity, they ran the same exact stuff they ran all year. Like the first drive, you saw, you know, a couple little wrinkles in the offense. But after that, they went into vanilla mode and whatever we got to do to not lose, and they succeeded, right? They won. But as far as opening it up, which we've heard Cade McNamara talk about this Iowa offense planning to do in the future, I don't know why you, why wouldn't you use that as an opportunity, Mark, to open up the offense and do stuff that you, I mean, I guess maybe because Brian doesn't know how to do that. And so that obviously brings us to the topic of how do you keep Brian on staff moving into next year? So anyways, I know it's a, it's a convoluted subject. We can talk about it for hours. We will talk about it for hours because we've got a long off season in front of us, but Overall, yeah, happy you got the win. What a defensive performance. Torrey Taylor had one of his best games of his career. I was good to see hear that he's coming back because boy, what a what a showcase for for NFL scouts. He was absolutely spectacular, as was Cooper DeGene, gunning and returning punts and certainly the pick six. Uh, he deserved the MVP award. Uh, speaking of that, did you hear the the lady that gave him the MVP trophy? Have you caught that, Mark? No. Is this some kind of viral Oh, mishap. I don't know if it's on YouTube. You need to go. You can go on, go on the ESPN app and just watch the post game celebration. But just skip to uh, where the lady is introduced. I don't know if she apparently works for Transparent. Durrell MVP. Did you catch that? Uh, no, I wanted to get out of there as soon as possible after oh, seeing yeah, the performance. Well, you need to watch it because the first thing, it, and it was, it didn't just end at this. It was a train wreck. But the first thing she said is, "I want to present this trophy to Cooper DeGene. Seven touchdowns, and I mean, it was, it was bad." And then she went on that she said something like, "What did she say?" She's like, two interceptions for loss," and and then she looked at him and she's like, she looked at Cooper and she's like, "Right?" And he like looked to the side and was like. <laughs> It was brutal, Mark. You need to watch it. It was bad. <laughs> Anyways, not but football for, related. For as long as this has been going on, meaning there have been sponsors handing out trophies after bowl games, this has been going on for, I don't know, five, six, seven decades. You would think, I I know, I never heard of anything quite that bad, but I've seen some rough uh, presentations from people that obviously didn't know necessarily which they knew which teams were playing, but you could tell they said something that showed that they didn't really understand, you know, the, the the teams or didn't understand football and gave a very awkward presentation. You would think that if the TV networks, if if nobody else would get a hold of whomever and say, you know, is there an understanding that this individual knows what they're talking about and can at least and and if they can't, they just need to say name, school. Here's your trophy. You know exactly. I mean, it wasn't even a matter of getting the stats wrong. The fact that you would open by saying seven touchdowns. I mean, it just it goes to show. I mean, she had no idea anything about football. Which I mean, that's fine. But you're you're right. Don't don't be the person that 
presents the MVP trophy. Anyways, I will check that out. Dereal, thanks for hopping on here, helping me out. Yeah, no problem. Good luck next season. Uh, Kentucky got rid of their offensive coordinator before the game. Maybe Iowa will get rid of their offensive coordinator after the game. A little Let's bit more positive breath. Yeah. Thanks, Daryl. I'm a little bit more positive on that front now than I was a week okay. ago. But uh, we won't we don't have to go into grave detail. Until it actually happens, I'm going to still be uh, you know it's it's i i still got to see it to believe it but um based on some information that was shared with me two days ago you know it was the first time that i have heard anything from a credible source that would even indicate that brian might be moving on um so that's good because like i say i had talked to recruits parents of recruits um trying to just find someone that can validate the hope, the the desire for Brian to move on. And I kept getting turned down over the course of December. And I spoke with an individual who uh, is a very reliable source who uh, led me to believe that Brian could very well be moving on. So we'll see, right? I'm not going to, I'm not betting the farm on it as coach Patterson would say, but uh uh, it, it gives you reason for pause and maybe reason reason for optimism if that's what you want. And that's what I do want. So keeping in consideration that you can only say what you can say, were you given just a, a lean in the direction that he could be moving on or the next step of because this, this or that is going to happen? Yeah, I don't want to share into, I don't want to share a ton about it because I, I just, it was very detailed um, as far as where he's going, what's he, what he's going to be doing, where he's going. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I would think we're going to know more in the coming couple of weeks. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. All right. Because I think it's people have guessed this anyways. I was told by this source that Cade McNamara was promised that there would be a different OC when he committed. Now, Again, whether or not that's true, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But that's that's what a, a, a source told me. Uh, this individual had been told from someone within the program. So it, it's it's going to be a wait and see process, but it, it at least makes you think that it's possible. <laughs> right. And, and you're being blamed for 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 teasing us. But at the same time, the, the bottom line is the bottom line. And that's that Brian Ferentz might be moving on so that's the conclusion of if this regardless of how it happens so yeah i mean i don't have to i think most people who were talking about the subject obviously the way brian is let go is he's not going to be fired a he's not going to be demoted b so the only way for him to leave would be to take another job so you do the math on what kind of a job brian ference might be qualified to take in a league or somewhere else, and and you can put the pieces together. It's not rocket science. So we'll just see where it's at. I just uh, I was told. I'll admit this. I was told uh, uh, a couple few weeks ago that Lucas Van Ness was coming back. I mean, uh, for a certainty, he was coming back. Nothing's changed, right? Here he, you know, here he is today declaring for the draft. So, um, 
And, and I know this personally, and you know it more recently because you're in the news business now. It's been a long time since I have. You can have credible sources and still be wrong. Absolutely. And when you say I'm in the news business, for I cover county news, so I'm not covering... You know, if, if we're talking, you're it, there's a difference when you're trying to, to get information for Iowa football, right? You know, you're you're talking to people who have connections to the program or people who are somehow connected to the program, right? We're, you're not talking to the like I'm not on the phone with Kirk. Like Kirk isn't teasing me with information, Mark. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Of Whereas course. if you're covering. You know, it's, it's a lot different than you covering sure. county news and you talk to the county supervisor or whatever. You're getting it from the source. You know how that goes. So anyways, um, it, it, my, my point is I'm more positive on that front now than I was Saturday after the game. No question about it. Uh, I, I still have to see it to believe it. And I was also told by this very source that although this is the information he's been hearing from within the program, until it happens... It's one could argue the only people that probably know for sure what's going to happen are Kirk, Brian, and Gary Barda. You know, I mean, maybe the other assistants know, uh, maybe Cade McNamara knows, but uh, they've been they've done a pretty good job keeping it on the down low if that's what's happening, and, and that's fine. I mean, I, I think it would have helped them recruiting wise to maybe make a change prior to the bowl game, but see, Kirk doesn't believe in that. That's not that just doesn't agree with his philosophy on life and philosophy on, on coaching. He just doesn't believe in that. So, you know, Gary Barta has endorsed Kirk's way of doing things and evaluating his staff. And so, and he endorsed it right before the bowl game so that, you know, he'll make an evaluation. And what I bought, what bothered me about what Gary Barta said prior to the bowl game was he said, when Kirk is ready, when Kirk is ready, he'll come to me and we'll talk about it. See that, that to me doesn't fit with, what the what the pecking order should be in that athletic department like gary should be giving kirk a deadline you you need to have something you need to have a plan by january 5th right like it's not no it's not when kirk is ready <laughs> so that bothered me uh kirk obviously gary has had some a lot of pr issues over the years and he's recently had some headbutting with the head of iowa's swarm nil collective uh not wanting to release season ticket holder information to the swarm director uh, claiming that he can't, he kept using the word can't. And at one point in that interview, he said that press conference, he said, I have not spoken with any other athletic departments that have done that, that have released personal information, which is completely contrary to what brand Brad Heinrichs, who is the director of the swarm, the founder of swarm had said earlier, just like a week prior he brought up North Carolina. I, I, if I recall, North Carolina was on that list of collectives that had gotten that information from their athletic department. And it's just, you know, I it, it just seems like this athletic department is stubbornness is such a uh, foundation for, for what it stands for. Like everyone's talking about character and, and there's no question. I mean, Jack Campbell, uh, Laporta, Kirk, these guys have great character, but there is there is something to be said for being too stubborn. And I think that goes from the top down, from Gary to Kirk to Brian, etc. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I, I do have reason to believe now that perhaps Brian is moving on, which would be music to my ears because I think that's what they need. 
gets what they need from a recruiting standpoint as well. And they got Seth Anderson yesterday in the or Sunday in the portal transfer from Charleston Southern, whose dad's has the all time single game receiving record in the NFL. Willie Flipper Anderson, right back in 1989, 336 yards against the Saints. Wow. Mark, how about that? I know. I watched um, the game. <laughs> so he's obviously got good blood. Uh, his brother, yeah. his brother, you know, whose I, brother was. I didn't know that that connection existed. And you obviously went to the NFL record book or you were just reading an article and came across that information. Very nice. I think it was on the last game of the season as well on a Monday night. Was it? Really? Well, do you know who Seth Anderson's older brother was? So Willie's, I guess, I'm assuming Willie's oldest son. I don't know that. With the same last name? Yes. I don't. I believe his name is Drez Anderson. Played at Memphis? Utah. Over 2,000 receiving yards at Utah. Okay. From the research I did, blew out his knee, would have had a good shot at the NFL, never really stuck in the league after injuring his knee, I think his senior year. Ended up playing some pro ball. I don't know if it was in Canada or where, but so he's got excellent. His his uncle played um, at Quincy University and then ended up playing in the league briefly. I think his mom was a track star. He's got excellent roots with high level football. So I don't know why, you know, out of he's a North Gwinnett, Georgia um, graduate, why that, why he didn't get more offers. He only had like 500 yards in high school. I guess that's the short reason why he didn't get more offers. He didn't do a whole lot in high school. Why he, why didn't he do more in high school? I know North Gwinnett's an excellent high school. Yes. Like, I mean, we're talking, they got a, right now, I don't know. You'd probably know who he is. They got a five-star linebacker. Who's at Clemson. They got a four-star DB at Ohio state. They got a linebacker at Kansas and all that's all from his class. That was all from Seth Anderson's class. So it's a very, very high level of football down there in North Gwinnett. Who did Iowa beat out to get his services? Do you know? Georgia Tech offered and uh, reportedly Kansas offered. I know he was scheduled to to visit Kansas. I believe it was Blair Sanderson. Arrivals reported that Kansas had offered. He had never reported that on his Twitter, and I'm talking about Seth. Um, But it sounds like Georgia Tech, Kansas, Appalachian State, and and then a bunch of uh, group of five schools. Um, You know, I watch him on tape. I I talked about him here yesterday and watch him on tape. He looks like he's got a different gear. Now you're, you're trying to translate big South level tape to big 10 football. uh, And it's obviously completely different. It's more, so much more stark than even college basketball. And it's not even close as you know, but he does look like he's got a different gear. Um, He's not quite as tall as I thought he was. He's listed at six foot everywhere. I, I called him six one yesterday. He's closer to six foot. It sounds like. Um, but he's got good speed. You go back and watch. I mean, you go back and watch uh, the condensed version. I think you can find the con- condensed version of Charleston Southern, uh, Western uh, West Carolina, in Game One of the year, and uh, he put on a show. I had a couple of really nice to catch over a guy, kind of looked like a Brandon Smith esque catch. Um, he, he looked he looked the part, and that's what you want. You want a guy who stands out at that level, right? Who looks like a man amongst boys. And so they're getting a good one. Still, they need more help. I think Isaac Tesla is still on their list. I don't know how. I really don't know where that recruitment is. Tesla has been getting offers from anyone and everyone. One of the fastest rising wide receiver prospects in the transfer portal. And um, there's possibility if they miss on him, they're going to go after some other guys. So um, O-line still becomes a, is still a priority right now. I know sounds like I was recruiting a kid from Eastern Michigan. Um, and perhaps a kid from, I believe he's from Stanford. Um, so some guys that, that are experienced that are graduates, 
So lots going to happen over the next few weeks, especially if there's a change um, at offensive coordinator. We talk Hawkeyes with all of you each and every Tuesday at 4.30 Central Time. We appreciate Corey being here after a day's travel, showing up uh, to talk uh, Iowa football for a 75th consecutive week right here at the Voice of College Football and for um, all of you as well. Of course, get on over to From the Hawkeye of the Storm uh, and check out Corey's uh, daily content there. So, Corey, I'd laid down the uh, groundwork for the Carson May move into the transfer portal, uh, just in regards to having not uh, played it all this year, no snaps. Uh, of course, highly sought after and um, much optimism about his career in Iowa City. And now with uh, Joey Labus having played, you know, an admirable bowl game, managed the offense, played relatively well, but with Kate McNamara out for spring practice, Spencer Petrus out for spring practice, uh, the, the quarterback depth chart, at least temporarily a bit thin. You want me to go on a rant, Mark? Is, I would it, love time, it. is it time to rant? <laughs> I, listen, I'm very disappointed. Not in Carson May. I'm very disappointed in the Iowa coaches. All right. On this, because you had two quarterbacks on the roster heading into the bowl game, neither of which have played. Why not play both of them? Why not play both of them? You're up 21-0 at halftime. Why not play the younger guy? Like, everybody wants to play, but to play. I'm not saying, you know, some people say, well, you're never happy. You just want the next guy. No, that's not what I'm saying. But if we're talking about <laughs> treating this game, that's what Don Patterson said on our show, this game needed to be treated like, the first game of 2023. And we knew nothing about either one of these guys. And now we know something about Joey Labus. But wouldn't it be nice to, to have known something about Carson May? Um, I had been told prior to the bowl game, well prior to the bowl, bowl game, that in practice, Carson May had the better arm of any of these quarterbacks, including Petrus, Padilla, Labus. He had the better arm. He just didn't know the offense. He just got here in the summer. Let's remember he was recruited by Ken O'Keefe, committed to Ken O'Keefe, stuck to his commitment when Ken O'Keefe retired. I give Carson credit for that. He's an Oklahoma kid far away from home, stuck to his commitment. He's a former four-star quarterback. But he came here in the summer. You're down to two quarterbacks in a bowl game that I don't want to say doesn't matter. But again, we're talking about building for the future. And if he's as skilled as it sounds like he was, remember Caleb Johnson, and he certainly a member of that same freshman class, so maybe he's a bit biased, during the season, had an Instagram, I think it was an Instagram story or post that he ended up deleting because it was a picture of Carson May with the caption QB1 and his fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, that's just one guy's opinion. Doesn't necessarily mean he's the best quarterback on the roster. And I'm not, certainly not advocating for Carson to have played in the bowl game because he probably wasn't fully up to speed with just getting here in the summertime. But if that potential was there, shame on Iowa for not playing him. Here's what I was told about his departure, Mark. I was told Carson had told some of his teammates after the Nebraska game that he was considering leaving. So that was after the Nebraska game. He reportedly told some of his teammates that he was thinking about leaving. Padilla enters the portal. Petrus is banged up, has surgery. And all of a sudden, hey, I might play in the bowl game. 
And so Carson May went into the Music City Bowl with a reason to believe he was going to play. Then it's 21-0 at halftime. And he, he probably did, even at halftime. He probably thought he's going to play in the second half. And so what I was told is you never even saw a snap. Now, maybe he would have left anyways, Mark, but I'm just telling you, according to my information, the, the thought process that went in, according to what he told his teammates, the thought process that went into Carson May leaving. And I, I all I know is I thought it was really sad that not only do you play Labus the whole game, but the few snaps you don't play him, who do you play at quarterback, Mark? You play Sam Laporta at quarterback on three Wildcat snaps, which one is just pointless, just stupid anyways. You're risking a guy who's about to go to the NFL draft in April. You're risking his health, running him into to a, a line of 300-pound maulers. You're risking his health doing that, all right? And then, and, and by the way, Mark, it's not the same as running in the open field and shedding tackles like he did earlier in the game. It's just different, right? There's much more risk of injury when you're diving into a pile of offensive linemen and defensive linemen. So that was dumb. And if Sam Laporta asked to do that, if I'm a coach, I'd say, Sam, we love you. We love you too much to put your your health at risk. And here's the other part of that. What? How does that make Carson May feel, Mark? You took snaps away from Joey Labus to give Sam Laporta snaps at quarterback? That that bo- that bothers me. That bothers me. I don't know I don't know who made that decision, but given now his entry and I didn't really think about that that side of it until the news broke today about Carson May and and I was given that information about his thought process that led to him deciding to leave Iowa. That bothers me that we gave Sam Laporta a series and not the only other quarterback on the roster. That bothers me. So a few things come to mind related to this situation. And I had forgotten that Sam Laporta got those snaps. Uh, I I didn't watch every snap of the game when I went back and went through it. It was more so from seeing on social media, Sam Laporta, this is an Iowa thing. Sam Laporta is getting snaps as a tight end in the, in the wildcat formation. So two things come to mind. I'm sure, um, Amongst the Iowa fans that follow you on a regular basis, there's a high percentage of Chicago Bears fans. What this reminds me of is the 1986 Super Bowl in which Walter Payton had forged one of the great careers in the history of the NFL. And the Bears were blowing out the Patriots and they would get to the goal line and they wouldn't give Walter Payton the football. And on one particular series, they got a gimmicky touchdown for William the Refrigerator Perry because it was a gimmicky thing to bring in a 350-pound lineman and give him the ball and he scores a touchdown when Walter Payton plays in his only Super Bowl ever and you don't give him the ball at the one-yard line to score a Super Bowl touchdown, but you give it to the 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 circus act, not the, comparing that to Sam Laporta in any such way, but to the circus act of a you know a defensive player. Point number two would be more conventional in regards to the the approach that you typically see from these coaches during bowl games when they're breaking in young quarterbacks or if they have an established starter, but they want to develop the second quarterback. Either they have a plan going into the game that regardless of the score, this is how we are going to conduct these series. It's going to be two series, two series, or whatever the formula is, we're going to get playing time for both quarterbacks. Or we do want to win this game first and foremost. That's the priority. However, if we get into a comfortable position, 
21 nothing with one of the best defenses in the country playing like a third-string quarterback would be one of those situations. We then have the plan to play said quarterback in that situation. This wasn't the Big Ten championship game, Mark. It wasn't the college football playoff. If you're up 21-0, yes, go into conservative mode because we're about to win a championship. This is the Music City Bowl. And if you put in Carson May for one series and he throws a, a pick six, the worst case scenario, he goes in for one series, throws a pick six. Okay, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna put Joey back in, and it's twenty one seven. It's twenty one seven. You have the ball back. You have the ball back. <laughs> I, I I just you know it just it does bother me now, and maybe Kirk is kicking himself for doing that and not seeing this coming because I don't know how transparent Carson was with the coaches. You know, maybe, maybe they never got wind that he, had, he was even thinking about leaving. And in that respect, I could see maybe overlooking the situation. And and but I, I just I, I don't understand that at all. And like I say, I'm not asking. I wasn't even asking for a drive. I'm just talking about a series. Give Carson May. I did have a conversation with uh, Don Patterson this afternoon. Um, he's always a good guy to talk to when you're falling asleep on the road and you need someone to liven you up. So I, I had a call, conversation with Don Patterson, just talking about this news. And here's what I'll say about what what Don. Um, reiterated to me from his experience. Kids just want to play. They just want to play. He, he gave the example of he, he's had, a, you know, in his career as an offensive coordinator, he's had a number of running backs that, you know, you, you may play maybe two to three running backs in a game. That's the kind of the nice thing about running back. It's, it's, it's you, you, you want to have a, a, a nice, um, you want to have a nice, barn full of them <laughs> what's the word i'm trying to think of but you're not you're, you're actually gonna be able to play two or three and whereas quarterback typically you're only going to play one right if you have one that's established um there are times there have been times during coach patterson's career where you know he may play the third string guy even though he's not quite as good as rb1 and rb2 and that rb3 that that third string running back uh his mama might believe that he's the best running back on the roster the fact that that kid got some playing time, he feels his coaches who be- that believe in him, even that kid recognizes, you know, I, I love my mom, love my coaches, but I- I'm not as good as, you know, Cleo and Theo. I'm just not. Um, but that's how you inspire confidence in your players. It's, it's play them, right? I mean, unless it's going to be a detriment to your team, right? I mean, but the circumstances on Saturday – should have allowed Iowa to play Carson May at least briefly. Um, yes, stable, Brian. See, I was yes. in the same. I was thinking, yeah, a stable, stable of running. Backs. Why did I yes. say barn? Barn of running. <laughs> stable, <laughs> barn, stable, whatever. So but that's my point. The kids just want to play. That's what Don said. Kids just want to play. And if you have reason to play them, if you have opportunity to play them, Mark, play them. When you're up 27-0 against Nevada after three rain delays at 2 o'clock in the morning, play Alex Padilla. Play him. He might have been the only backup that didn't play in that game, Mark. He never saw the field. He never saw the field. It was 21-0 on Saturday, and we never saw the other quarterback on the roster. And now he's in the portal four day, three days, four days later, whatever it is. So I, I just, you know, it's frustrating because I heard a lot of good things about Carson May. Do I think he was the future? I don't know. I like Marco. I like Marco Lizanas a lot. I, I, there's potential that Cade McNamara could be here at least two years. Now maybe he's gone after one, but he could be here too. 
could be here for three. It's possible, but he's probably here here for two. And then maybe Marco Linez takes over, but you want competition in that room, Mark. And now they're down to one healthy quarterback. One. His name is Joey Labus, who just got his first career start on Saturday. And I thought he was okay, but one, they're going to have to go after somebody now. Like they have to go after another quarterback, either in the portal they're going to have to get a walk on. I mean, they, you got to get, I would think, a minimum of three for spring. And that's, I mean, maybe you can do McNamara, Labus plus one more. Um, but we don't even know if McNamara is going to be healthy in the spring. So you're going to have to get somebody either from the portal or, uh, you know, maybe you can survive with just, if you think McNamara is going to be healthy, McNamara, Labus, and then a walk on who you think maybe could develop. Um, they, I don't think they had a walk on this past fall at quarterback. So it's, it's just, it's just tough. Uh, I, I, I don't buy the P and I, again, I had a conversation with another friend of mine during the same drive and he was kind of frustrated by players, you know, not sticking with it and playing, you know, leaving because they're not playing. And I understand that. I don't think that's, it does apply to Carson may, but it's different when you have a situation like we had on Saturday. You know, it's not just being entitled and selfish and, you know, a guy moving on because he doesn't feel like, you know, he's getting enough time. This is a situation where he absolutely, I think, should have gotten time. In my opinion, he should have gotten time. He didn't. And that is an indication that that is probably a smart move on Carson May's part that, look, this coaching staff don't have faith in me at all. And, you know, to even put me in at 21-0 up. So, what was I, the statement that Kirk made the previous season? When was that? When Hogan? asked about playing a particular quarterback in a particular situation, and he he made the comment, you know, we wouldn't even have shown up for this game. Yeah, ironically, that was Deuce Hogan. <laughs> okay. Who, who played right. in the Kentucky right. game. Yeah, he, he yeah. made it. It was in Nebraska. Uh, the, the flu bug had made its way through the quarterback room. And... You know, they, he was asked, uh, I, th- I think what Padilla, I think both Padilla and Petrus ended up playing in that game. I know that because Petrus came in in the second half and they won the game. But uh, he was asked after the game, you know, something about how would you have felt if, if you had to go to Joe Labus or excuse me, to, to do Sogan. And I think his response was basically, with all due respect to Deuce, I might have stayed home. You know, it's just. And he's trying to be funny, but it's it's inappropriate and it's it's hurtful. It's you know yes. I, I know that we think that you know these are all tough guys that are playing football. These are kids, Mark. That, that's got to hurt Deuce. That had to have hurt Deuce's feelings. Yes, certainly absolutely upset his parents. But if I'm a player and I busted my butt every single day and I'm in that weight room and I'm just I'm I'm just doing my best to learn the playbook. I moved all the way up from Texas, and you're that's at the end of the season. That's the endorsement your coach gives you. I've been upset. I've been frustrated. I've been hurt. Probably would have cried. <laughs> it's, it's upsetting. You're you're human. Absolutely. We are making all these statements, you in particular, of course. I'm just agreeing with you based on my knowledge of the situation. Assuming that these players are doing all the right things. You know, going to class, lifting all the weights, showing up to meetings, da 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 da, da doing all the right things. Which they yeah. I'm sure they are. I'm almost sure they are. Otherwise, they would be suspended or something else. Yeah. And and even then, I don't think even if Deuce Hogan had been not taking class seriously or not taking football seriously, you don't make that comment. 
It's just it's not, that's not well, how you not. respond to that. Yeah, I'm not talking about that in particular. Just the handling of the playing time for these quarterbacks. Sure. Yeah. I guess if if news were to come out that Carson May has been not taking everything I know about Carson, everything I've heard about Carson May is he's an upstanding young man who takes his academics seriously and comes from good family. I doubt he was. I doubt he's lazing on the job and not taking things seriously. And so I, I just I'm frustrated by it because. You know, he was a four-star recruit, and this was a guy that Ken O'Keefe had identified. And I'd rather guys that Ken O'Keefe identifies than Brian at that position, right? Because Ken understands the passing game, understands the quarterback position. Carson wasn't the most mobile, but he was more mobile than Spencer Peters. He's a big guy. I mean, he he Don Patterson even said that. He's like, you know, we don't know where Carson may may have developed, how he would have developed. But if you if you look at him as a freshman, you think, oh, he's a in four years, I could see him playing in the league. He's 6'5", got a big arm, you know, if he develops, so that's a big if. But he was that type of a guy, right? I mean, you look at Alex Padilla, no offense to Alex, you know, he's six foot, six one. No, he's probably not going to play in the NFL. I mean, there's some guys that can do it, but Carson may look the part, and it sounded like had demonstrated. I mean, I, I had one person tell me that, that he made a throw the other day, and just one throw, but a throw the other day in bowl prep that he hadn't seen anyone else make. Um, so he had some skills right he had some weapons that maybe most guys don't have and it sounds like he's moving on so whether or not that caught caught the coaching staff off guard i don't know but it caught me off guard and you're gonna have to figure out uh who who your backup running backup quarterback is how do you get a backup to come here right now i mean they'll get somebody but it's that's not an easy ask right now Michigan did about as well as you can getting Jack Tuttle from Indiana. Absolutely. Who apparently understands, okay, I'm in this situation, I'm in this position, and uh, I can go to a a tremendous program, but I understand I'm not the guy. But that player is only one play away from seeing the field. Uh, Oh, oh, it looks like like, uh, one of our users, uh, Doc P, says, let's get a new topic, Mark, so we better move on. Okay. We have to move on now. We will honor the super chat here from Erica, even if you don't want to hit this one head on. Corey, any word on who replaces Brian Ferentz if he leaves? No, no idea. No idea. I mean, there were the the rumors, what, uh, less than a month ago, Mark, about Josh Gaddis. Sure. Did you hear about those those rumors? Oh, yeah. So those were out there. I mean, I, I don't. Those were, I think, purely rumors. Now, who knows? I mean, would I be the most surprised guy in the world if. Brian walks away and, and Iowa announces Josh Gaddis is the next OC. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked because he does, he, you know, he's a big 10 guy. He probably fits what Iowa wants. I don't know. Character wise. I mean, there were some, I think he may have some baggage. Haven't we talked about this? We talked about the, the Josh Gaddis allegations, haven't we? Did we? At Michigan? Didn't we talk about this? Or were they? Well, there was an allegation that he, had relations with a player's mom. Okay. That was, that was the allegation A recruits mother and the recruit then decommitted and, and went somewhere. That, that was the, again, I don't want to, I don't want to smear his name. I don't know if that's true, but that was out yeah. there. And there yes. were some people who were it in the know that said that that happened. And so things like that, you'd be, obviously you'd want to vet because you don't, you don't want your OC. <laughs> you you don't want your OC doing that, right? I mean, I'm not trying to make light. It's ridiculous. No, you, you don't. don't want your OC uh, gallivanting around with recruits' parents. That's not 
no, that doesn't fit the Iowa culture. <laughs> so <laughs> simple things like that. That's why I don't know if you, if, yeah. if that I, would, that relationship would work. I had forgotten about that. I, I didn't realize we discussed that. I had seen that uh, and discussed that with somebody else, but um, yeah, maybe yeah. we didn't, but okay. Do we want to talk about Lucas Van Ness, Mark? You got yes, that? Lucas Van Ness. Uh, I laid down the groundwork for this one, um, declaring for the NFL draft. Yeah, again, uh, three weeks ago, it sounded like he was planning on coming back. Um, didn't play a whole lot in the bowl game, so I don't know if that's, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Did he not play a lot because, you know, the, the coaches knew he was leaving, or did he leave because the coaches didn't play him a lot? I, I don't know, but... He didn't play a ton in the bowl game. And honestly, uh, I don't know, a little bit underwhelming. That's a pretty, those are pretty good numbers. But uh, I, 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 he comes back next year. uh, He could maybe double those numbers. I mean, I I think he's, he's that good. He's got a potential Mm -hmm. to be that good physically. I mean, he's Nick, he's nicknamed Hercules on the inside. Um, He looks like an NFL defensive lineman, but Mark, he wasn't even a starter this year. So I was surprised that he, um, that he declared. Uh, I, I think the future of that O line will be, or the D line will be just fine. And let's not forget, this opens a massive opportunity for a guy like Aaron Graves, who is coming into his sophomore year. Although I don't know how many games he got this year. I'd have to check the, the stats if he even burned a red shirt. But coming into his second year, looked good in brief moments against Kentucky on, on Saturday. I don't know if you caught him, but he, he just he looks the part and he's got an opportunity to replace Van Ness. What I caught was a comment made by Lewis Riddick during the broadcast where he thought Graves just looked different than the other guys. Yeah. He he made that kind of comment. He wasn't well, specific it, about it, just the athleticism, the whatever it was, the the strength, the size, whatever caught his eye, he made mention of it. Well, that, I, I remember telling you that. I mean, we, we talked about mm-hmm. that before he ever got on campus, that he was just, he's just a freak athletically. And, you know, he's already... He came to Iowa, already had his AA, his, his, his associate's degree. He's just a different, different guy. And I mean, it's, it's, a, you'd love to, to, to fantasize about Van Ness and Graves on that defensive line wreaking havoc. But with Van Ness gone, now you can have, as OS for Hawks brings out in our chat, Deontay Craig really is coming along. You add Graves to uh, that mix and you potentially bring back a, a guy who sounds like maybe they're, they're, returning at least a, a senior this year that's going to be using his COVID year. I guess I can't confirm that, but that's the word on the street. And, um, you know, you're, you've got some younger guys to work with. Ethan Herkett's played a lot. Um, Brian Allen Jr. is a four-star that enrolled early last year, so he's got a full year of activity under his belt. He'll get spring and fall again this year, and maybe by September he's ready to contribute. Um, so I, I think they'll be fine on that defensive line. They just built such – great depth and you you can thank kelvin bell for that um but it, it's definitely a loss and i wish lucas the ve- the the very best i hope he i hope he gets drafted in the first round. i see the real hayden says he got a first round grade if that's the case then go I, I i'm surprised that he got a first round grade if that's if that's true i'm surprised based on the fact that he wasn't even playing much by the time we got to the bowl game then there's something that doesn't add up if he's getting a first round grade from the nfl and he's not playing much at Iowa, then there's a problem. There's some kind of situation going on, whether it's his issue in not being a good teammate, a not being responsible, whatever he was doing, or that the staff is missing something. There's, a, he was there's dang- a big disconnect there. 
maybe he was dinged up, Mark. I don't know. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I got you. But he, I don't know how many snaps he got Saturday, but it wasn't a lot. And um, I don't know. It just felt like as the season went on, it, you heard his name a little bit less. So, you know, that doesn't mean he's not still an NFL prospect. I, I absolutely think he is. I mean, I don't think he'd be declaring unless someone's telling him that he's going to get drafted fairly high. Um, I'd be surprised if he's not a top three round draft pick. It, 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 you know, first round would surprise me. Would, would that would that would surprise you too, wouldn't it, Mark? Judging your well, facial sure. expressions. Not that not that I'm studying tape on Lucas Van S, but um, do you know how many guys get talked about by? I, and I'm talking about in legitimate conversations at legitimate sites, having first round, you know, first round grade or yep. first round potential. There's only 32 spots. There's like a hundred exactly. plus guys that are thrown out as potential first rounder. That's what that's it's funny. Yeah. That's exactly what Don said earlier. We were talking about this. He said, you know, I always tell kids there's 80 guys who are being told their first round picks. So do the math yeah, um, because they they could be. But there are guys that get selected sure. in the fourth and fifth rounds that were at one point talked about legitimately not talking about some knucklehead that doesn't know what they're talking about. But um yeah, I would be a bit surprised if it's that lofty of a selection for Lucas Van Ness based on what I know and have seen. But there's also people who are talking to these student athletes who don't have their best interest at heart. So, you know, they may just be, that's the unfortunate thing. Uh, either way, I mean, he gets drafted in the third round. He's probably going to have a nice career in the NFL and make plenty of money. So, I, again, I wish him all the best. I was going to have a nice draft, Mark. This is going to be a good showcase for Iowa recruiting because you're going to have Laporta is going to be drafted fairly high. Jack Campbell is going to be drafted really high. Van Ness will be drafted fairly high. Um, Riley Moss will be drafted. So, I mean, that's, that's four guys right there who I think are all guaranteed to be drafted. I, I would, I guess the one guy I would look at would be Moss. Is there a chance that he doesn't test well at the combine or doesn't play great at, at, uh, uh, Pro Day or at the uh, Senior Bowl, I think he's participating in this year. I guess that's possible, and then he he falls off. But I'm guessing those four guys will all get drafted. Three of which will be drafted relatively high. I don't know where Laporta. I don't know where Laporta, um, you know, is is projected to go. I don't really follow mock drafts, Mark. But boy, I, I can't imagine there's too many tight ends in this country that are better than Sam Laporta. I mean, j- just what he did, and he he put on a show on that long. Uh, reception yards after catch on on Saturday. He he looks the part. I I just can't imagine he's going to go any lower than round four. I, I just I'd be surprised if he goes lower than that. If he does, then then shame on those teams. George Kittle was what a fourth round draft pick, and now he's the best tight end in the NFL. Yeah, uh, I I wonder where he is rated by NFL draft uh, folks. Yeah, I just want to make clear. I see Roger in the chat. Mark, you couldn't hear me earlier. I said earlier, excuse the Iowa State poster. All right, I'm not Ooh. at my home base right now. There's an Iowa State poster over here and an Iowa poster over here. So okay, I noticed the Iowa poster. I was actually going to. I, I didn't notice Iowa State. I, that it's not that clear to me. I was actually going to mention that you're in your auxiliary studio there that you were able to actually, you know, set up a an Iowa friendly set. Oh no. There. No setup for me. This is, uh, like I say, I'm in someone else's home, and and I don't know. I, I didn't get a chance to ask why. Why is there posters of both? But anyways, um, 
So I, I love it when I get, by the way, you, you see my logo, right, Mark? It's the hawk in the middle of, of the tornado. Yes. It's funny. I've had people go on there. Ah, he's not a Hawkeye fan. Look at that logo. Where's the, where's the cyclone? Pull out the cyclone uh, colors. Okay. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> the, the colors are clearly Iowa colors. Uh, people will find something to complain about. Just like That's I find funny. stuff to complain about every week on here, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you do, but until Iowa starts scoring more than 20 points per game, it's, it's all yeah. legitimate. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, Another year in the books, Mark. Appreciate you being a part of this. And um, I know we're not done with college football. We still got the national championship game next Monday. But um, I'm going to keep speaking my mind. And there, as the, the channel grows and the platform gets bigger, I appreciate everybody supporting it. There are going to be some people that don't agree with it. That's okay. If they think that we come on here and we're too negative each week, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to change my narrative. I don't think you're going to change your opinions based on what people want to hear. And so if that's the uh, perception that I'm presenting, that's, that's too bad. Um, like I said, we, we were both, I think, I think I can speak for you, Mark. We were probably both really impressed with that defense on Saturday. And I, I made a point of pointing out Tory Taylor because special teams going to be great. I mean, you got Tory Taylor coming back. You got Drew Stevens coming back and DeGene coming back to return punts. It's going to be in another elite unit next year, Mark. It, it's going to be an elite unit. Now they got some question marks at linebacker. I think it would be fine at safety, even though Merriweather's moving on. Xavier Wampa looked good. He's, and he's, he's what he is. He's going to be a really good safety there for a few years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe some pieces to fill in on the defensive line. But, boy, you, you if you can find a way to bring somebody along to even be close to giving you the production of what Jack Campbell gave you for over the last three years, they're going to be fine. They're going to be top ten in the nation scoring, I'm sure, scoring defense again this next year. So we'll, of course, dig deeper on this in, in coming weeks, but are your preliminary concerns prior to spring practice offensive line wide receiver, are those at the top of the list? If they don't get anybody in the portal besides Seth Anderson, then wide receiver's got to be near the top. Um, I'm not, I mean, Cade McNamara is healthy. So I'm, I'm going to approach spring practice in a, in a different fashion than I normally would because I don't know if Cade's going to be healthy. And it's just going to be an odd situation if your starting quarterback's not playing in, in spring. I don't know the last time that happened at Iowa, where you're starting your projected starter is not a part of spring practice. Um, so if they don't get anybody other than Anderson in the portal, and I think they will get someone. Then, when wide receiver remains a, a big question mark for me, um, they got to get they got to do some work in the portal at O line. I know they are doing work in the portal at O line. So if they can land, it'd be nice to get a, a guard, maybe a graduate. Uh, transfer guard and a graduate transfer tackle that that would make me feel a lot better if you can do that because then you can maybe you play uh, I think Richmond's their best tackle right now right uh, and then you know I, I guess you bring in a, a graduate transfer who's a, a shoe in to start at one of the two spots and then Richmond and DeYoung can compete for the other tackle spot or if David Cobb comes back I don't know what to make of his situation um, I can tell you, I saw somebody earlier in the chat uh, bringing up Justin Britt. He he is not on the bowl roster. So he was not on the Music City Bowl roster. I have not heard anything about his situation. I hope it's not what I think it is. I, I, I even talked to Tom Cakert about this, and I don't know this for sure, and Tom didn't say one way or the other. But, you know, he's been banged up a lot. You know, he was out all year with an injury. I wouldn't be surprised if he has retired medically, but I, I don't want to go out there and say that because I don't know that for certain, but he was not on the bull roster. So 
and we'll see if he returns. But if you can bring in a, a, a guy at tackle and then bring in a, a guy at guard, and that can potentially create some good competition at the other at the opposite spots because that's what they need. And I don't know if, if Logan Jones is the future at center. But, yeah, I mean, wide receiver and, and offensive line, probably in that order for me. Um, if they don't bring in help at, at, along that offensive line, even with McNamara, even with Anderson, even if you bring in Tesla and with Eric all, I still have big, big question marks because the offensive line has been really, really bad. Folks, we appreciate you being here every Tuesday. And uh, as Corey alluded to, we will be here throughout the offseason here at the Voice of College Football. So here's the deal. If you're an Iowa football fan, um, certainly we want you to subscribe to this channel because Corey and I have uh, been working on this show now for 75 consecutive weeks. And, and, and from time to time, I will provide some, some perspective on Iowa football from time to time if something hits me that I think needs addressed. But for your Iowa football and basketball needs on a daily basis, go to From the Hawkeye of the Storm. From the Hawkeye of the Storm, we will pull up the banner here in just a second and make sure you are subscribed there and locked into everything that uh, Corey has there. Now, if you enjoy college football across the board, any of these particular teams behind us and others, then I have team channels available for um, your college football needs throughout the offseason. Still waiting for you to set up a Charleston Southern at the Voice of College Football channel, Mark. Charleston Southern. You know who may be coming, and if you really think about it, it makes sense. I'm not going to fill in the blank, but I'm thinking about starting another channel, even though anytime somebody asks me for one, I always say, I got way too many channels. I can't even... I already know what it one. is. But, there, but there's there's one that... Um, Can I say it? Sure. North Dakota State. <laughs> Come on. No? You're, Am I wrong? You, you were serious. Oh, serious. Yes, that. absolutely. Why wouldn't? Why not? They're a power. They'd yeah, be they're great. A power, but you don't yeah. think that I would do like Ole Miss or Minnesota oh, or okay. I thought Michigan we were talking, State or I, I thought you were going to go the FCS route. No, 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 no. An FBS team that's been in the news a lot in recent weeks because of personnel changes and so forth. All right. Very good. Well, Corey, good to see you as always. Thanks for making this happen as you always do. Yeah. Appreciate the time, Mark. And, uh, you know, and I saw somebody in the chat mention the, some major news in the basketball front as well. So we'll just, uh, we'll keep plugging along on the channel. I'm, I don't know how much content I'll be throwing up there here in the next few days, but we'll keep keeping everybody posted. And we're here of course, every Tuesday. Folks, we've got a Nebraska show coming up in about 15 minutes on the Nebraska channel. So if you want to keep uh, tabs on the, your Big Ten Western Division rivals, uh, we will talk Huskers here in about 15 to 20 minutes on the Nebraska channel. Corey, appreciate you being here as always and making this work. Thanks, Mark.